Well, welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and with me is Julia Monin. What's Hi. new, Julia? Hi, Father Sean. How's it going? What's new? What's new? Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm like pelting you with questions. What's new? Golly, I don't know. Today's the Feast of St. Blaise, the it day is. we're recording. Did you get your throat blessed I today? did. Did you? I did not because I <laughs> blessed everybody else's throat. <laughs> so I did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you haven't choked on a chicken bone yet? Not so or far. Or a fish bone? Not so far. No. It's no. been about an hour since it happened. So oh, okay. No, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. What's new other than that? I don't know. It's another week. We're excited to be here. We got fresh snow on the ground. We got a lot of fresh snow mm-hmm. on the ground. Which is really beautiful. Yeah. I keep saying that, but it's true. It is. It's really pretty snow. So I ran by some snow that we had out by the parish mm-hmm. that kind of got mixed in with the mulch mm-hmm. on the snow blower. And so when it, the, it went kind of the mulch got in there and the snow and it got stuck up on the side of the building, mm-hmm. it looked like cookies and cream ice cream. <laughs> I pointed it out to both Alex and Grace yeah. who are in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah. One was more affirmative than the other. That one, it looked like that? That it looked like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't take a scoop of it and taste. So I don't, it, the jury's still out if it tastes like right, that. Right. Right. Yeah. Did it make you want to go get some? That's Cookies the and cream ice yeah. cream? Did it tempt you? Really. It's into- just like not exactly ice cream weather right now. Mm. Is it ever not ice cream weather? That's my uh, question for you. That is a good question. Mm. There are some, I guess, there are some times that are more ice cream weather than others. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. That's like hot coffee. I, I can drink it in the summer. It's right, fine. Right. It's fine. <laughs> but there's something about it when it's really cold outside that it just, it hits it the spot even more. That's right. It's always good, but sometimes it's better than good. That's right. It's the bestest. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Mm-hmm. We'll write that down. Yeah. It's always good, Maybe but sometimes it's better revision. than good. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Somebody intelligent, write that down and use it later. That's no. right. We are going nowhere fast. Yeah. We're kind of circling the drain. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I... I that's not what I meant, yeah. but we should pray. Let's do. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks to reflect upon the word incarnate who reveals the truth, who reveals you as our Heavenly Father. We ask that you may send forth your Holy Spirit upon all those listening to this podcast, that they may know your goodness and the truth that you want to communicate to them. We ask that you may be with all of those, especially amongst our families and friends who are suffering we ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we are talking about paragraphs 422 to 429. So early on. This is the very start of the section on Jesus Christ. So, you know, the creed starts, mm-hmm. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty. Mm-hmm. So it starts about God, the Father, mm-hmm. and now the Son. And this is the very start of, I believe, in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. Yeah. So, little intro. There wasn't a ton of paragraphs, but I don't know. My own personal opinion, I really liked it. I got excited. You got excited. I did. Now, isn't that like a weekly thing? Like, I really liked it. I don't know. Well, no. Sometimes no. I'm like, oh, Gosh. sub, please. So, yeah. <laughs> Can someone sub in this week? Call on the bench. Um, no, but it was really, yeah. Um, yeah, it was all about Christ. And, well, I, it's broken up into three. Yeah, three sections. The good news, God has sent his son to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ and at the heart of catechesis, Christ. So the good news, the treasures, the riches of Christ, and Mm. then the heart of it. What's what's the why behind catechesis, which was the part I got excited about. So first, the good news. Mm. The good news, God has sent his son. When the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law 
so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God has visited his people. He has fulfilled the promise he made to Abraham and his descendants. He acted far beyond all expectation. He has sent his own beloved son. Good news. Good news, right? <laughs> and it's like, there were, and it really kind of hits on, I would almost say like fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like this is everything in the Old Testament, Abraham and um, and all of his descendants, everything was leading to this mm-hmm. point. This was the, the culmination of God's interaction with his people, that mm-hmm. his son comes to dwell, comes to dwell among us, that God visits his people as it quotes there. Right. So, so we have this 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 covenantal relationship between God and his people from the time of Adam and Eve. And he's renewing and restoring all these covenants from Adam and Eve to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, to David and the Kings. And now all of a sudden all leading here, right? That this new and everlasting covenant is going to be be formed in and through the person of Christ, his own son, his own son. Right. I like that. He acted far beyond all expectation. Yeah. How often we underestimate God, right? (laughs) Well, weren't you saying that like right when you walked in today, you said, I need to suffer for Lent because God's just being too good to me. I did say that. He I said a lot of things. acts far beyond all expectation. Mm-hmm. Like his mm-hmm. goodness is more than we could ever wrap mm-hmm. our minds around. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And he does that primarily in Jesus Christ. Like just how, how good and how perfect and how incredible that plan is, is far beyond any of our comprehension or anything we could really hope for. Mm-hmm. It's not just like God sends his help, you know, like a miracle cure here or whatever, but he sends his own son. He sends mm-hmm. a person, um, which is something far more than we could ever have expected. Right. So good news. Yeah. And then it, this continues, 423. We believe and confess that Jesus of Nazareth, born of a Jew, born a Jew of a daughter of Israel at Bethlehem at the time of King Herod the Great. And the emperor Caesar Augustus, a carpenter by trade who died crucified in Jerusalem under the procreator Pontius Pilate during the reign of the emperor Tiberius is the eternal son of God made man. This paragraph is just like stating like the history of this is the time that Mm -hmm. he came. And this person who came, this person who was born of a woman who came in this time, is God made man. I it's like, like hits on the incarnation mm-hmm. that it's not this. Jesus is just some abstract idea or mm-hmm. personality or some eternal being like the son of God, mm-hmm. but he actually comes at a certain time at a certain point in history at a certain location. Mm-hmm. He, the word becomes flesh as it. I think it says there later and mm-hmm. dwells and dwells among us that it's not just an abstraction. It's not just, it's not a book, right? It's not just a set of teachings, but it's this person that comes to live and to dwell and move around us mm-hmm. and to, to reveal who God is. And it's from that person that the, the church comes forth and that all teaching comes forth, that this, this fact that God becomes flesh and dwells among us changes everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that paragraph's kind of hitting at. Yeah. And then finally, in this first little section, moved by the grace of the Holy Spirit and drawn by the Father, we believe in Jesus and confess, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. On the rock of this faith confessed by St. Peter, Christ built his church. So again, we're in the creed. We're talking about this opening part from the creed. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only son of God. And when we say that Jesus Christ, this is what we're saying, mm-hmm. that, the, that he came, he was God made flesh at this certain time, right? He's the one all the Old Testament scriptures were pointing to, right? right? Okay. 
But it takes a response. That's, that's what we're getting at there in that last one. Like Jesus comes, he reveals, he's the word made flesh, but it takes a response mm-hmm. on all part. And that's, that's the church. Mm-hmm. And part of that is um, just this feminine dimension of the church of one of receiving. Mm-hmm. So that, and, but that's the response that, um, that, Peter has, that Peter has this response of faith, of this recognition, and he receives the word uh, word of God. He's, um, he's nourished by it. He's animated by it. And so the church responds in faith to the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, we, we talk about this, like receiving a little bit more and, and not only like the feminine nature of that, but just as a whole, as a people, I think so often that's one of the most difficult parts of like our soul's journey is what we already kind of touched on it. Like God is such a great God and such a giver. And yes, that includes like these times of suffering that we're as close to him as ever when we are suffering with him and for him and through him. Right. But all of these things are like requires that act on our part to actually receive him. And so often we're like, you know what, God, I got this. I can take care of this. Mm -hmm. I'm good. You know, this other person over here, they need you more than me. Like, like we put limitations on God. Like if he's helping this guy over here, then I don't want to bother him with my right. lowly old problems over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, right? my minuscule problems. Right, and so there, therein it's like it takes this huge act of humility and faith to actually be willing to receive his goodness and his love and his mercy. And so much of us, we close off to that, right, because of pride and... And I think even like activism, right? I'm going to do this. I got this. I got this. I get this. And we don't recognize that it's actually the Lord is doing this and we have to simply receive and we make plans, we make goals, we make decisions. And it, and it's, it's not actually him being the primary mover. It's, it's our ideas. We're the, we're the go-getters. We're the ones that are doing all the work. And he, we're just asking him to bless what we're already doing mm-hmm. instead of receiving his plan and just simply responding to where he leads. And I've, I mean, I can think about this just in my own like day-to-day life, come out with this goal, this plan, this is what I got to do today. And then somebody walks in and needs somebody and you're like, Oh, I had all of these plans but it's not receiving what the Lord has presented. You think mm-hmm. like, you know, that's not on my to-do list today. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like um, making it overly practical what the catechism is talking mm-hmm. about. But I think it's touching on this fact of receiving from the Lord. Granted, it's talking about something completely mm-hmm. different about the incarnation rather mm-hmm. than his providence in our lives. But mm-hmm. maybe it's related. Yeah. Of, well, of course. Well, we, we're allowed to get off on tangents. Yeah. Are we not? <laughs> I sure hope so, because it's kind of a way of life around here. We are allowed to get off on tangents. And I had this, like, I used to think about this when, like, during summer when my husband and I were really into, like, skiing on a regular basis. And I had this, this like, image one time before we went out on the water of, like, me trying, like, me trying to pull the boat as the skier behind the boat is often what my prayer life is looking like. Like, mm. God just wants me to just, like, just follow me, man. I'm, I'm oh. the driver of this boat. You're just hanging back here by a rope, right? And you just follow where I go. Right. Like, and right. so often I'm like, well, just come this way, which is impossible when you think of it in when that term. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work the other way. You can't way. direct. Can't tell the boat where to go when you're hmm. skiing. Right. So that's a really good image. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, wow. So anyway, so it is, he leads, we follow. Yeah. So that's great. Okay. So this next section is actually just a paragraph and the section title is to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ reading from paragraph 425. The transmission of the Christian faith consists primarily in proclaiming Jesus Christ in order to lead others to faith in him. From the beginning, the first disciples burned with the desire to proclaim Christ. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. 
and they invite people of every era to enter into the joy of their communion with Christ. So this this is so Christ has come. We believe that that he is who he says he is, that he is the son of God. Now, what what are we supposed to do about it? Here it is. In order to lead others into faith with him, we are to proclaim him to others, right? So this is this is we are to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And it seems to say like what place is this supposed like what's the motivation? It has to come from this place of actually like overflowing out of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's that line from the from the Acts of the Apostles. We cannot mm. but speak of what we have seen and heard. Like it's welled up in them so much. And that's when they're getting persecuted for their faith. And the the Jewish leaders tell them this is early in the Acts of the Apostles, they say, Stop preaching, and they're like, We can't help it. Right. Like we just there's we have no other option. We have mm-hmm. to speak about what we've seen and what we've heard. And that has to be the place of handing on the faith. That's what it has to be. It's not like, I, I, I really like this community and I, I want to give back to the community. And as noble as an idea is, that's not the right motivation. The right motivation is I have to share what I've heard, right? I can't help but actually share what the Lord has done, what I have first received. And so there's a lot of good motivations out there, but the one that, the Lord that the catechisms kind of were reminding us that why share the faith? It's not because um, because we want to see a community grow or because we want to do proud our grandparents who taught us the faith. And as good as those are, it it pales in comparison to responding to what the Lord has first done in our lives. And therein lies this big idea of where so many of us struggle is we we aren't able to receive or we we set up we have all these walls or boundaries around our own hearts and then we're not led into the depths of this relationship with Christ and so our hearts are never burning right. with this desire right to proclaim him and i think so so often like when it comes to our walks with Christ like we have to remember that the answer to to these problems, the problems with our loved ones, the problems with the world, all of this is personal holiness. And so often we're pointing the we're pointing out here to say, well, you need to grow in holiness. Yeah. You are far from God. These people have given up. These people have given up, but I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. But really, the more we let ourselves be drawn and the more we grow in this personal holiness, which is not selfish, by the way, then the more we're able to give this out. And then it starts to pour out of us, like you said, with from these from these more pure motives, right? Right. That it's like, we can't keep it in even if we try. Yeah. Right. And the saints are all great examples Mm. of this, that what the church needs is always, is not like the better program. It's saints. That's always what the church needs. It's not, we need this program or we need, we need this idea. It's actually, we just need saints and it's a saint that's going to change. That's going to renew the face of the earth, right? There's that Mm. line in the Psalms, Lord, send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Well, it's Mm. the saints that catch that spirit Mm. and it's through them that the, the face of the earth gets renewed. So so funny. We just, we just need saints. You said that like so nonchalantly, like that's just what we need people. And this kind of like, I don't think you did that on purpose, but it certainly does draw in nicely to this last section, which was at the heart of catechesis Christ, Mm. because so often we do think like we, okay, catechesis, and we're talking about how we're going to actually educate like people right. on the faith. And it's about the perfect program or the perfect terminology or the perfect phrase- phraseology. Getting the best textbooks. Exactly. And yeah. if we just do this right, then then people will grow in their faiths naturally. Well, that's a part of it, and it's right. important. But this section of the catechism got me really excited because it kept emphasizing the, actually what should be at the heart of catechesis. And that, of course, is the person Jesus Christ, right? That he should be at the heart of catechesis. Um, And that to catechize, it reads in paragraph 426, is to reveal in the person of Christ 
the whole of God's eternal design, reaching fulfillment in that person. Catechesis aims at putting people in communion with Jesus Christ, because only he can lead us to the love of the Father in the Spirit and make us share in the life of the Holy Trinity. So it's interesting you think, well, all catechesis is centered around Jesus Christ, except if you're actually looking for that, you find that so often we get off on the why. Yeah. <laughs> which is him, which is a person. Right? right. And that's the role of a, of a catechist is to bring everything back to those questions, mm-hmm. to the, to the person of Christ. And it's something simple as like talking about pro-life, you know, talking about morality and the respect of life that we also have to look at Jesus in this, right? Mm-hmm. So often, well, what's the church teach about this? And the role of a catechist has to be to, to bring it back to the heart of the catechesis, the Christ, right? That these, there's these, particular questions about life and about death and about what's right, what's wrong. And mm-hmm. they go on and on, but yeah. ultimately it has to lead back to Christ. E- even if you're talking about something like confession, well, the acts of the penitent and all of this, but to look at those in the lens of like the prodigal son to mm-hmm. look. So I, I, it's a, it's a tall task yes. for a catechist to, to kind of be able to think think on your feet and to be able to kind of have all of this in the background and and um, and to know that that's ultimately the goal, not just to give the right answer or not to just to say what the church is teaching, but to lead those hearts back to the heart of the Savior. Um, so it's a tall task for catechists. It totally is. And I, I so I got thinking about a year ago, I was about to go out on this little tour of like, I'm going to say quote unquote tour of like Mm. these different speaking engagements. And I got very um, overwhelmed as I got closer and closer. Right. I was very intimidated and just like very like questioning why God would had wanted me in that role at all. And then this really hit me. What, what we're referencing here is that it's not about lining everything up. It's not that people are going to remember every single thing I said. It's that's not the point of getting up and sharing what's on your heart or what's in your mind. The point is Christ. And so if I leave the room and you don't remember a single word I said, but you remember Jesus Christ, then I've done what I was being asked to do. And like really just staying focused on that as I'm out and about, it's not about your, that this person is going to remember everything I said. It's not about that. It's about, did they sense that I love the Lord? And do they love him a little bit more maybe Mm. as a result of that? And so I really keep that on my mind. And then I, that becomes really less intimidating for me. Um, and then that helps me also keep it on Christ, right? That it's not just about me. I, Hey, Hey, I have this really great idea. Hey, this is the way I did it. And if you just do it this way, then good things are sure to happen. My life and your life. Right. Right. So, cause that's silly and nonsensical as well. Right. Right. (laughs) So just really keeping it focused on, this is about him. This is about Christ. This is about sharing his love. And so if you don't remember a word I said, or you don't even remember me, that's, that's even better. (laughs) But you remember him, then we've done what we've been asked to do. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And maybe just like a little, I don't know, a word of caution. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I don't know, in like common vocabulary, this is kind of caught in the church. It's like, well, it's all about the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's a false thing sure. <laughs> because no relationship with Jesus Christ is just personal, right? Because we enter the body of Christ. And so it's got to draw us, anything that draws us closer to Christ is going to draw us closer into the body of Christ. So to try to like separate the church from Christ is again, nonsensical. Right. So 
granted, it, there is this encounter. This is meeting with Christ through the scriptures, through the church. But it's it's a it's not just a personal relationship with Christ. It's an ecclesial, like the church. It's a sacramental encounter with Christ. It's all of these different ways, even in the moral life, being convicted in our conscience that mm-hmm. um, that we need to return to the merciful judge. Mm-hmm. So. I guess just a word of caution that it's not about just telling people they need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's possible. It's about entering into the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's revealing that as the heart of catechesis. Absolutely. And as you're being drawn there in this heart, then others are being drawn there with you. You can't separate that, right? For the glory of God, for the good of our own souls and for the good of souls other souls, the church mm-hmm. as well. This is the, this is why, yeah. this is why. So, um, okay. So 427 in catechesis, Christ, the incarnate word and son of God is taught. Everything else is taught with reference to him. And it is Christ alone who teaches anyone else teaches to the extent that he is Christ spokesman, enabling Christ to teach with his lips. Every catechist should be able to apply to himself the mysterious words of Jesus my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Like this instrumentality, right? Mm-hmm. We're like instruments in God's hands. Right. Some humble pie there. It is that a it's lot not of humble pie. Our own, it's not, we're not teaching. And actually, we just had a conversation with your husband about this, right? Oh, yeah? he, okay. he was talking, he was talking to a friend mm-hmm. about about, and his friend's not Catholic. Mm-hmm. That maybe acquaintance might be the better mm-hmm. word. And I don't mean that like in jest, sure. like not, sure. but like this acquaintance he had and how this this uh, guy was kind of telling him about his understanding, like a six-page document on what it means to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, Tony was saying about he's basically handing on his own understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's not my teaching is not mine, but it's him who sent me, that mm-hmm. we receive what's been given and then we hand on. Just like you said, we're mm-hmm. instruments. We're not ones that have to figure out everything. We don't have to um, filter down all of um, all that that's is taught and come mm-hmm. up with our own kind of plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By him, with him and through him. Mm. Right. Right. I heard that somewhere. Uh-huh. Me too. So continuing in 428, whoever is called to teach Christ must first seek the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. He must suffer the loss of all things in order to gain Christ and be found in him and to know him and the power of his resurrection and to share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that if possible, he may attain the resurrection from the dead. I, you can't take out suffering. I mean, this is yeah. what I'm getting from this. Like, you just can't take it out. I don't know what our lives here are with Christ if we think we can remove the cross. Yeah. I don't know. And to be able to share that with people, like, if we're going to teach people about redemption, mm-hmm. we first have to experience it ourselves mm-hmm. and our own sufferings being transformed into the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's there. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to teach. If, if we're going to do that, I think that's what the article's getting at. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do this, mm-hmm. this has to be like a, uh, what would you call it? Um, prereq. That's it. <laughs> a prereq yeah. for for teaching is mm-hmm. you have to, you have to be willing to know Christ who is mm-hmm. the suffering servant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then finally, from this loving knowledge of Christ springs the desire to proclaim him, to evangelize and to lead others to the yes of faith in Jesus Christ. But at the same time, the need to know this faith better makes itself felt. Like we're never done learning, right? Mm. Like the, the further you grow, the more you feel 
like right. how little you actually know mm-hmm. type of thing. The more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know type of a thing. And then, yeah, from, from this loving knowledge of Christ springs the desire to proclaim him, what we were talking about earlier. We've received him, and now it's pouring out and springing out of us to proclaim him. Right. For whatever reason, I thought of this one time that I was talking to a parishioner and at the end of the conversation, I said, oh, just keep me in your prayers. And I said, oh, Father, you don't need that. Uh, <laughs> like, And so part of it is just to realize that we're all in this place, mm-hmm. right? We're all in this place where we have to simply or we have to constantly be on that path. We have to constantly be seeking, mining the the riches of Christ to find the treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a constant life there's never a point when you arrive Mm -hmm. and to realize there's never a point when other people are going to arrive either. Mm -hmm. And to know that it's, it's simply our pilgrim path Mm -hmm. to mine for the riches of Christ Mm -hmm. constantly. I love that. Yes. We're, we're never outside of the need of prayers, no matter what vocation we're in. And certainly just by virtue of your ordination doesn't mean you, I got it. You got it and you figured out. I thought it would, but (laughs) Here, here we are. Um, it's reminding me of St. Therese. So she enters the Carmelite community, right? Whose vocation is, um, to pray for priests and also to pray for the salvation of souls. She got the salvation of soul thing. Like right away, I get why I'm praying mm -hmm. and suffering for the salvation of souls, but she struggled with this priestly one. I don't understand why this vocation is like so pointed towards praying for priests. And then she met priests. She went on a pilgrimage (laughs) with a bunch of priests and just experiencing them and being around them on a day to day, her day to day life. Yeah. The Lord crushed that. Yeah. And and showed her why she needs to pray for priests. (laughs) It is funny part of her story. (laughs) Right. Right. Then she hung out with a few of them. Oh my gosh. Pray for your priests. Okay. That's right. Pray for your priests. I have one last mm-hmm. very tangential reference. Okay. But when I was talking about mining for, mm-hmm. for Christ and constantly searching for him, mm-hmm. I was thinking of a Lord of the Rings reference, okay. which that always comes out yep. like dwarves. It's our inner dwarf coming out and just keep mining. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully nice. we don't, hopefully we don't wake up a Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hopefully not. Right. You think there's people that like after being on listening consistently for the past couple of months are like, I got to watch Lord of the Rings. I think they're like, I used to like this. And then they took this <laughs> weird turn. <laughs> That's funny. That's probably more accurate. <laughs> funny. That makes me laugh. I, and on that note, I got nothing. Else. You got nothing. Okay. What about you? That's all I got. Yeah. Grace, anything? Alex, who joined us in the studio today? Anything? No, they both say hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. Throw the dart. All right. Well, cross it off and throw the dart. Okay. So again, that was paragraphs 422 to 429. The good news, the riches of Christ, and at the heart of it, at the heart of catechesis. Okay. All right. Where, uh, where do you think we're, where should we aim at? Wherever. Where'd it go? Creation of heaven, the angels. Ooh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> 325 through 336. 325. Oh, that's interesting. Through 336. We'll have an angelic podcast next week. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Nice play on words. Shall we close in prayer? Sure. There was scripture in this um, short section from 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4, and we'll close with that. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. 
The life was made manifest, and we saw it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing this, that our joy may be complete. 